Between a rock and a hard place lies that climate inconvenient truth. This is Tough Times with Lou Young. Welcome to the show. I'm Lou Young. Uh, it's a little chilly outside. If, is that me or is it a little chilly? I don't know. Uh, I'm here with Kevin Thomas. Hi, Kevin. Hi. How's it going? Uh, how was your week? It was a good week. Yeah. Good well, week for radio. And you, you like it cold, don't you? I like it cold. Yeah. Well, it's uh, this is a bit cold. <laughs> it's a, even for you. Even for me. It's well. It's supposed to be cold. It's it's winter. At least we don't have any uh, ice typhoons or polar vortex tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just winter. Uh, but I'm sure Mother Earth has uh, some surprises in store for us in the years to come. As we like, uh, for example, uh, uh, what happened in uh, Tonga? Ta- what? Ha- oh, that, you mean that uh, undersea vo- uh, volcanic uh, volcanic uh, eruption? Yeah. And now tsunami warnings, Pacific and uh, Alaska, right? Right, right. Oh Lord! Yeah, terrible. Oh man, I, I don't know. I, you know what? L- let's take a walk. Let's take a walk, and let's get over here to the. Uh, Oh, get in the vault here and take a look at the big machine that's monitoring the climate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, there's a uh, earthquake. And you can see the, uh, the tsunami warnings that are in there. And uh, all the meters are blinking red. Everything. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, let's, let's try to start this thing on an upbeat here. I, uh, it's getting me depressed. You, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta wake up. Wake up, please. Oh, can you take care of her? Oh, maybe you can spare her several moments of your consideration leading up to the final destination. Oh, the earth is calling out. I want to learn what it's all about, but everything I read is global warming going green. I don't know what all this means, but it seems to be
That's Miley Cyrus, Wake Up America. You know, I was never a big Miley Cyrus fan, and, you know, I was watching New Year's Eve, and I thought that show was awesome. I really did. I mean, you know, it was just, I yeah, it was much more entertaining than uh, when I used to watch uh, Guy Lombardo and the Royal Canadian Mounties with my grandmother. <laughs> I was, God, that was awful. I mean, well, maybe you liked it, but I didn't like it. But I love, well, anyway, let's not, it doesn't matter what I like. Uh, but uh, before we get to Michael Sussman, our first guest, who is a uh, world-renowned um, constitutional lawyer, one of the best in America, uh, and uh, a guy who has uh, taken lots of environmental cases over the uh, over the years. M Michael, you there? Michael? Yeah, you're here. How oh, are you? Okay, I'm going to ask you to hang on, and uh, sure. and before we do this, because uh, I want to want to I want to listen to. Uh, Greta Thornburg from uh, Glasgow, uh, uh, and, and her uh, and her very, <laughs> very direct and moving um, uh, put down of the uh, of the whole conference to take care of the climate that hasn't taken care of the climate. Listen, there is no planet B, there is no planet blah 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 blah. This is not about some expensive, politically correct, green act of bunny-hugging or blah, blah, blah. Build back better, blah, blah, blah. Green economy, blah, blah, blah. Net zero by 2050, blah, blah, blah. Net zero, blah, blah, blah. Climate neutral, blah, blah, blah. This is all we hear from our so-called leaders. Words, words that sound great, but so far has led to no action. Our hopes and dreams drown in their empty words and promises. Of course, we need constructive dialogue, but they've now had 30 years of blah, 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 and where has that led us? What do we want? Justice. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? Justice. When do we want it? Now. Climate justice is what they're calling for. Hi, Michael. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Here. Sounds like <laughs> New York State. Sounds a lot like what I'm used to hearing around here. Yeah, Counselor, I get you. I bet you hear lots of blah, blah, blah. So um, I remember you were the one who first explained it to me about, uh, about how I was misguided to be so proud that we had, quote, unquote, banned fracking in New York. Let's explain that to our listeners. Well, here's the deal. We have a contiguous or adjacent state, Pennsylvania, which if you drive through parts of it that are only within literally 30 minutes of the New York border, look like they could be on the moon. And the degree of fracking is extraordinary. Shale extraction is one of the most pervasive industries up in that part of Pennsylvania. And that material finds its way into our power plants in New York State with all of the pernicious health effects that the governor spoke about when he banned fracking in New York. You're talking about the previous eight, governor, Andrew Cuomo. Governor Cuomo, seven or eight years ago. And when he did that, he made it sound like the reason for doing it was because of the tremendous health effects that the DEC and Department of Health were then still studying. There was still a study going on in New York at that time. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the results of the study, but the preliminary data suggested to him a need to ban fracking, which was not then a permanent ban, by the way. And yet, at the same time, his, his DEC was allowing 
CPV, you know, major plants in, in Orange County and in Dutchess County to continue, which were dependent on fracked natural gas. And there's an infrastructure there, a pipeline infrastructure to bring the stuff in, right? Absolutely. And that had to be approved, and it was approved federally. This is not all within New York State's control. Some of those pipelines are federally uh, regulated pipelines. But the actual air quality permit for CPV, for example, has never yet been issued by the DEC. And yet the DEC has allowed that facility to, to remain open now for for three years. So we're to make an analogy. We're like the uh, the people who won't make cocaine but will use it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then argue that that we're not the the very reason it's being produced in the first place, and we are. But you know, look, all of this goes back to other more basic questions. It really does. And we can sit here and be hypocrites all we want about. Uh, this set of issues, but all of us are participating in an economy on an everyday basis which uses a tremendous amount of fossil fuel. That that we have to face as a first issue, because it's simply true, whether it's in our automobiles, whether it's in the way we heat our homes, et cetera, et cetera. The products we buy? Yeah. Go ahead. No, the products we buy. I was agreeing with you. That that was an amen. We we each... (laughs) participate. Now, we know that a market economy is allegedly driven, supposedly a free market economy is allegedly driven by price. You buy what you buy because of the the price of of, of something. Mm -hmm. You generally don't buy something more expensive than something else. But we don't have a free market economy in the area of energy production. We have for, for, for generations subsidized major oil companies in their exploration, exploitation, distribution of fossil fuel. And, so, and, and let, me, let me stop you there because please. there are fossil fuels, aren't they? They're, they're in, I mean, some of it comes out of the government ground, right? You're talking about the, the fact that it's now being exploited off of government ground. That's, yeah. a different, that's true, too, but what I'm talking about is when you start talking about free markets, you have socialism for the fossil fuel industry. Got it. You know, you, uh, we, we went into this with great deal. You know, uh, Reverend Billy and the Stop Shopping Church? Yeah, he, he's he, he, last week. yeah he'll be with us uh, 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 in the second hour uh, okay. at least his program will and that's their message just 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 and by stop shopping we say just cut back just think about what you're doing if everybody thinks about it a little bit um, maybe we'll have more of an effect uh, Michael I uh, uh, I want to ask you what you're um, what you're uh, working on right now in this area well I've, I'm suing Cricket Valley which is in Dover New York mm-hmm is a power plant more than two and a half times larger than CPV, which is in Weyanda. Weyanda, I remember that, yes. Sleepy town in Orange County. And Dover is another unfortunate victim, and it's people, of the same basic political dynamic. You find a location where they want you. It's like the prison industrial complex in New York. Mm-hmm. You have communities, as you and I traveled to upstate New York, where the only thing going on for employment is a major prison. Yeah. Now, it, it, do the people love it? No, they don't love it, but they got to work. So here you have a situation where there are a lot of construction jobs. There aren't jobs operating the plant, 
but there are loads of construction jobs that were made available up in the Stover area. All the unions loved it, operating engineers, everybody was on board, and they built this huge plant. It's impressive. Here's the problem. Yeah. The people who live reasonably contiguous to the plant, a mile from the plant or less, Mm -hmm. they talk about is it sounds like a jet engine. I took recently the deposition of a chief engineer who's in charge of this project. Yeah. I said to him, how does it sound? Like a jet engine. Uh, and that's and it's part of, I remember uh, when I was uh, still reporting for the um, uh, uh, TV station uh, uh-huh. that uh, there was a big uh, demonstration there. And, and, and uh, you know, people were laying down in front of uh, bulldozers sure. and stuff. They were very, very upset. Uh, listen, Michael, I'm going to ask you to hang on for a minute. Uh, and uh, we're going to take a, a break here. And uh, uh, but first, we're going to listen to a, a little music. Do you do you know about this whole thing about the, the the song? What about global warming? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was well. I, I didn't. All right. So um, uh, during the Obama years in in uh, in um, uh, the White House, uh, he he'd go have uh, dinner every night with the family, and his uh, daughter. Um, um, Malia would uh, uh, he'd listen to she'd listen to everything he talked about you know where this happened that happened we're invading this <laughs> we uh, we shot down this we you know the, the, there's this this healthcare bill whatever and then she'd always ask what about global warming and that was her um, mantra her uh, and uh, uh, a woman named Eva Silbert uh, wrote a, a song about it which I like a lot we're going to listen to that song take a break. Uh, come back, and uh, we'll have more with Michael Sussman, and we'll bring in uh, um, some uh, people to chat with him, okay? Great. Uh, let's listen. Oh, okay. Oh, there's Eva. Here we go. So there are times when Malia's like, so what about climate change?
With local news, local traffic, and local weather, if you like local, you'll love AM1700 WRCR and WRCR.com. Weather. For Saturday, mostly sunny and cold with a high near 17 degrees, wind chill values between minus 10 and 0. For Saturday night, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming clear with a low around 4 degrees. Wind chill values between minus 5 and 0. For Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 28. Wind chill values between 5 and 15 degrees. For Sunday night, snow before 2 a.m., then rain, snow, and sleet between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. with rain after 3 a.m., the temperature rising to around 38 by 5 a.m., it'll be breezy with winds increasing to 15 to 20 miles per hour after midnight. Winds could gust as high as 41 miles per hour. New snow accumulation of 2 to 4 inches are possible. For MLK Day, rain likely mainly before 1 p.m., Otherwise cloudy, with the temperature falling to around 35 by 5 p.m. And for Tuesday, mostly sunny, 
with a high near 32 degrees. That's the weather forecast for WRCR. I'm Kevin Thomas. Up to the minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And it's currently 17 degrees. Welcome back. Tough times with Lou Young here. I'm Lou Young, and we've got Michael Sussman on the line. Michael, you still there? I'm here. Hello. Okay. And in the studio here, we've got George Patanovic, president, pre- president of the Stony Point Action Committee for the Environment. And uh, we're also going to take your calls at uh, 845-429-1700 if you want to talk with these gentlemen, talk about what we're talking about, which is uh, uh, fossil fuels, which um, uh, contribute uh, to uh, to climate change. I mean, we're not going to uh, debate that because uh, I think the um, the evidence is in front of us. So uh, we're talking about what to do about it. And and um, Michael, you were quite eloquent about um, the fracking, natural gas, and all that. But you know, the the truth is, you said also we live a lifestyle, and and somebody's got to keep the lights on. And uh, you know, even driving up here to the studio, I saw this uh, smokestack at the end of the highway here. That's the uh, Orange and Rockland's bowline. Uh, facility and uh, you know it, it it provides a lot of uh, energy uh, which, which we need now to stay warm uh, and uh, because it's cold out and you know so uh, and you know we only get about 12 what well, how much what was the, uh, the about 12 percent from renewable we're about 12 percent so so um, you know we're not in a great place uh, except maybe conservation I don't know what's the answer do you think Michael well I think that that this is what I was driving at when I was talking about the socialization of the fossil fuel industry. We have to have, and we've had every leader say this and say it, but again, this is where I said blah, 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 too, in New York State. We have people at Cornell like Anthony Ingrafia, who was one of the founders of fracking, who's a close friend of mine and a scientist. And what Dr. Ingrafia will tell you is if we had a five-year period of significant, significant investment in New York State in wind, in solar, in hydro, we would reverse the numbers which George Patanovic just mentioned within a 10-year period. There is absolutely no doubt that we have an inability to create an infrastructure which is entirely different and that we are unable and unwilling to do it in large measure because of the power of the major fossil fuel companies. You know, I've had this conversation uh, in other areas of, of reform, like we're even reforming our political system, that, uh, that uh, when you're dealing with people who have had some success with the old system, building the new one is a little scary for them and they would rather not. And some of these companies, though, are starting to get into these markets now because they know it's the wave of the future. It's the same exact thing going on in the automobile industry, right? Right, yes. You, know, you had all this resistance for so long to electric cars, hybrid vehicles, and the like. And now it's becoming, you know, what we're doing. We're doing it. School districts are doing it. Municipalities are doing it. They're bragging that they're doing it because they understand it's necessary. The you same know, exact thing is true here. And... Part of what the president was trying to do, and as I viewed in build, the Build Back America bill, was to was to capitalize this tremendous necessary infrastructure. Okay. And again, someone like Manchin, who stood in the way of it, is a representative of the old way of doing business. In his case, obviously, as we know, he, his family owns a coal company. So, you know, we're, we're, he's going to join the line of those who are going to 
be trying to supersede the technology he profits from. The, the Senator from West Virginia. I have to caution you, Michael, and and uh, uh, because we have rules on this program, Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Uh, uh, will we'll, we'll back me up on this. Um, we're not allowed to say certain uh, uh, tribal words like um, like Democrat or or Republican or conservative or liberal because that is you know. So I just don't want you to wander into that. If you want to talk, talk about I Mitch, about a person who I think has been a. You a got it. You got it. I, I understand. I mean, and, and if you want to refer to his uh, political party, you can say the the current uh, uh, majority party in the in the. But we're not going to allow anybody to use these tribal labels as an experiment in in in, in clear expression. <laughs> All right, I got you. All right. So so um, uh, and now before I interrupted you with a where were, where were you saying before I interrupted you with that silly stuff? No. I think what I'm saying is where there's a will, there's a way. We've lacked the will. We've lacked the consistency. Part of it is the self-congratulatory nature of politicians. We talked earlier about Governor Cuomo with the fracking issue, which was really a Band-Aid approach, which did not coincide with a commitment to significantly reduce the use of fracked natural gas in New York and did not, in fact, accomplish that. Yeah, you know, one of the things about Governor Cuomo, and, and, and there, there's plenty there not to like, but some things he got done that, that, were, uh, that were pretty remarkable. But, um, you know, uh, nobody talks about the fact that, uh, that uh, Indian Point is closed. Well, a lot of people are now talking about it. And what's interesting is that in the environmental movement right now in New York State, there's a huge schism. There are many people I'm in touch with around the state who significantly believe that, it, that we need to rely on nuclear. Very many people. These are people who are environmentalists, and they believe that the new nuclear power that's being generated, especially by the smaller European model plants, is both safe and, from the point of view of reducing fossil fuel dependency, critical. Now, they, they didn't necessarily support Indian Point because they know Indian Point's location was terrible. Its effect on the Hudson River and the fisheries in the Hudson River was terrible. But they believe that there are ways to exploit nuclear power which are very constructive, and they are making their voices heard in the environmental community in New York. I'm thinking of someone, for instance, like Dennis Higgins, mm-hmm. a major leader upstate in environmental issues, and he's been debating this with any number of people. Pramila Malik, who is a major leader in the CPV struggle in our county, again, strongly in favor of, of, of targeted nuclear options because they believe these are much more energy efficient and have fewer externalities of the sort we've been talking about. You know, you know, Michael, and George will remember this too, my favorite controversy involving Indian Point was when they ran the, the, the giant gas line right past the plant. I said, oh, we could have a really super interesting catastrophe that way. You know, it would be a... Yeah, would be well, Indian Point's another story because of its location. Yeah, and yeah, I get that. I get that. that doesn't mean that the technology hasn't significantly improved. Now, in, in the public mind... We're obviously going to think of the Chernobyls mm-hmm. and you know, all the other issues, and, and luckily we haven't had anything of that nature here, that nature. We've had problems. We haven't had anything of that nature. And people think about that scope and scale of nuclear facility, and I think they're right. But yeah. that does not disqualify the technology altogether. And as I say, if you look at the European uh, leadership now, it's very significant in smaller renditions of nuclearly effective plants. Michael, is that, this is George, is it, is it that because they, they do not believe that the renewable can replace the amount of energy we need in order to transition to renewable from fossil fuels? They believe that they, that's part of it, but they also believe that nuclear has very significant environmental advantages. 
They feel that the, the nature of the discharge from nuclear can be managed, although, again, people are talking right now in the environmental community about using some of the coal mines as a possible repository for the nuclear waste, which, right. as you remember, has been the major issue, the, one of the major the issues. Of it. Yeah, it's all still sitting. Every piece, every little radioactive pellet that makes up those rods uh, that, uh, that, uh, that plant burned for, uh, what, 20, how many years? Oh, yeah. since the mid-70s, right? Okay, so, so for all that time, it's all still sitting there and, uh, and, and, and needs to be tended to for uh, I think it's uh, ten thousand years, something like that. <laughs> I mean, what 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 have we ever done for ten thousand years? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, I you know. So uh, it, it, the the hubris of it uh, strikes some people. I'm like, I guess yeah, you could put it in a cave, but it's it's going to be somebody's problem down the road. But isn't this also, uh, Michael, an indirect cost that the public will have to assume is the disposal of it and living with the risk? Uh, God forbid there is an accident. Obviously, it, it, it'd be catastrophic to the economy. So. I guess you have to be willing to accept that risk or believe that the technology has improved enough where the risk is not as obviously not as significant as Indian Point, which was an aging, an aging plant. Look, I think what we're talking about is empiricism and science. I'm a believer in those things. I'm not going to have an absolute position on this. I haven't. I'm not one of those who's been outwardly supporting this. In fact, I've been skeptical of it. I'm pointing out, though, yeah, that it's in the environmental thing. community, yeah. there are a growing number of individuals who are concerned that because we've had such a laggard state policy in encouraging, and federal policy, in actually encouraging the alternatives that are better known, you know, we have this issue with hydro now. And we have potential for very significant hydro coming down from Canada. That potential's been here for 15, 20 years. Yeah. And we've not exploited it. There have been issues with Native American land. Yes. There have been issues with environmental questions about moving the, the, the energy down here. Everything has a cost. And what we have to be, and this is what politicians won't tell us. Everything has a cost. When, George, you talk about the risks of nuclear, it's, it's true of everything. Anything, right? We talk about wind. Wind has costs. Yeah. The number of birds who are killed because of wind turbines is extraordinary. What do you and do with the blades? They're gigantic when, when you're finished with them. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not, you know. You, you ever seen one close up? They're, they're huge. They are absolutely huge, and, and that's my point, that you, you can't come to a solution that's going to be either riskless or costless. The problem is, and this is where I have a problem with that song you played, we're running out of time. That's a deception. Yeah, we are out of time. We ran out of time in Kentucky. We ran out of time in Colorado. You know, I'm doing this wrongful yeah. police shooting police death case out in Colorado. They just changed lawyers in the case. I hadn't heard from the new lawyer, and then two or three days ago he called me. He said, I'm sorry I haven't been in touch with you, but my house burned down. It's one of the thousand houses that just burned down between Boulder and Denver. And my wife used to live out there. That, yeah. That's not an area that gets those kind of fires, has ever gotten them. Exactly. And I said, what was, you know, what's the circumstance? And he explained to me what, you know, essentially the degree of dryness, the, the, you know, the winds, unprecedented conditions. So you can't say we're running out of time. We, because for a lot of people, we ran out of time. You know, we have close people who live down in Louisiana, the coast of Louisiana. Every year, these communities where these folks live are essentially decimated with extraordinarily more intense storms than historically had. Now, yeah, they've always had problems. When you look at the intensity in the last five years of their storms, they're, they're far greater. 
So when you take running out of time, we ran out of time, and it's a question of is it going to be directed at you personally? Yeah. You didn't run out of time. Lou Young, George Patanovic, Mike Sussman, <laughs> we're here. I've been on borrowed time for years, Michael. Well, that's my point. <laughs> we're on borrowed time. Well, there's a cost. The point is, there's a cost of doing nothing. Yeah. All right. So, uh, once again, our call in line is 845-429-1700. Uh, don't be intimidated by uh, by <laughs> by Michael <laughs> and George. Uh, uh, but um, you know, they'll be gentle with you if you want to if you want to talk. And um, uh, and again, we were talking about uh, we're going to have some folks from Orange and Rockland on uh, on the show eventually too. And uh, and they're you know they're trying hard to yeah. to to make the pivot. They they you know they they want they want to sell electricity. Electricity. They don't necessarily want to do anything, you know, that's that's damaging. But um, uh, but you know, we want electricity, and we want it now. When I turn the light on, and uh, and they 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 make that happen. That's their job. So we have to figure out how to uh, how to help us help them. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Michael, you and I have been involved in many issues over the years in terms of activism, and I guess I th- see that as a key point is for people in their own minds to make this a personal issue, to make that commitment, um, and, and then act on it, but basically act on it on facts and what they can do and where they feel they can get the most benefit from their action, um, and whether it's in terms of engaging local officials to make policy or even on a personal level making changes in their own lifestyle to accept uh, the ability to make changes. You mentioned about the changes. We mentioned last week about the plastic bags, how people brought plastic bags home every day from the stores, and now we've adapted to changing to cloth bags and, yeah. and reducing yeah. our plastic bags by a lot. So oh, yeah, know, it yeah. shows something that we did all the time and, and we changed. You go to a recycling center and the plastic bags really uh, really uh, uh, mess it up. Uh, so we got we're on the brink, gentlemen, of huge changes in the workplace. Yes. Pandemic has brought that on, and the consequences environmentally for that are huge. That yes, what you're talking about these metropolitan areas where people are driving, spending hours polluting the air, yeah. right? Right. That's what's going on. Working and now we're in a situation where if we utilize the technology that we have come to rely on, understanding that using it sure has some environmental costs, but I think those costs are counterbalanced significantly. Counterbalance this environmental cost of all this driving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yes, there are opportunities everywhere and things that seemed aberrant and strange a while ago. Now, as you say, with bags are commonplace. Right. Don't right. Think about plastic bags anymore. All right. Let's let's uh, bring one of our view, uh, viewers. I keep doing that. I'm a TV guy. One <laughs> right. of our listeners on the line. Jonathan's on the line. How you doing, Jonathan? Oh, pretty good. Lou. Uh, long time and first time. It's a joke. But that's OK. Where, um, where are you calling from? White Plains. Excellent. Um. So many questions and comments in so little time. Um, I'm enjoying this wonderful comment. I, I do know you and uh, Mike personally, as I think you're not aware of. Um, this is uh, Jonathan Cohen? Yes. Oh, Jonathan, how are you, my friend? Okay. How are you, Jonathan? Good <laughs> yeah. to hear you. Okay. Yes. Um, just one minor fact check. Uh, ki- uh, the, but the biggest killer of birds are cats. By, <laughs> by a huge amount. Our Winter domestic cats. are so minor. Okay. In reality, I just wanted to correct that, but uh, I'm not. I'm not going there, Jonathan. Okay, don't, because <laughs> I can fact check you. Um, no, but uh, going back to Indian Point and the alternative, am I well? And fracking, for that matter, I'm uh, vaguely in the back of my mind. I remember fracking getting shut down years ago in Washington County somehow. And two, am I correct that the uh, the lines from northern New York and Canada are now slowly progressing southward. Yeah, uh, to and and that even okay. on 
on even a more glacierly moment. Uh, wind turbines off the coast are are starting to be considered to be built. All right, let's let's let, let's answer some of those questions before we go any further. What do, what, what yeah. do you think? The answers to both those questions are yes. There there is quote unquote progress being made with the hydroelectricity transmission lines, and there also are. It's not just conceptually. There are actually wind turbines that are starting construction, as I understand it, in the Sound. Uh, a limited number. So there there are efforts, but again, this is very laggard in terms of the need that we've all been addressing. I mean, it has to be stepped up enormously. And look, look at our county, Orange County. I want to just bring this back because it goes to what George Patanovich was saying a minute ago. In Orange County, there have been repeated efforts by people to put in solar farms. Repeated. Mm -hmm. Yes. And almost all of these efforts are opposed. By whom? Strongly opposed. By whom? They're opposed by anybody and everybody. But Every yeah. neighbor opposes them. This one opposes them. That one yeah. opposes them. There is no strong advocacy for them. It, it, it's, it's remarkable. The DEC doesn't intervene and say, we are making a transition, town government, from fossil fuel to alternative energy. Part of that transition is necessary to build in your county certain capacity for solar. Give us megawatts. Tell us what we need to do. There's no leadership of that sort. I see. You need and, and this that is kind a, of leadership. It's you, just, need to say, you know, look, do you know, do you know who Padavan was? Do you remember Padavan, Lou? Yeah, uh, the, the name is very familiar. That's, well, well, who was Padavan? He was a state senator from Queens. And what did he do? What was his claim to fame? He set up facilities through legislation for the developmentally disabled to leave Willowbrook. Do you remember what Willowbrook oh, was? Oh, that's right. My, uh, our good friend Geraldo. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And Willowbrook was a facility for the mentally ill on Long Island. It still exists, actually. Yeah, it's still there. And it, it warehoused mentally ill people. So what did Frank Padavan do? He said this. Department of Developmental Disabilities, you have to tell each community they have to take their fair share of these yeah. individuals. Yeah, right. And, and, and here's what they did. Listen, this is the important point. Okay. The, the, the department came in and said, we're building here. We're, we're putting people, developmentally disabled people, in this building. Right. Village. If you don't like it, you have to come up with an alternative building. That's it. That's the, okay. So forced forced placement. I do remember that. I don't want to. I don't want to wander into that. That. No, but the point I'm making feature. is with okay. regard to solar. I you get don't it. Want solar here. Put it somewhere else in your community. Find a place for it. How about on everybody's roofs? Um, and, 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 and they need larger facilities as well. Got it. Got it. Got it. I've driven up, uh, Michael, I've driven up to Ellenburg, New York. We drove our daughter to school. And if you go through Ellenburg Center, which is the northern part of New York, right at the tip up by Canada, the wind is very severe up there. And they have wind farms. And I'll tell you, I've walked up to them and actually stood by them. They're not loud. They're not noisy. We didn't see birds getting killed. I don't know if that's really true about the bird issue. Uh, you know, birds can get flying to windows, too, of buildings. I mean, it can happen. But I didn't see them as being that that bad a, a situation. They move very slowly. They they rotate. They're quiet. So, I, you know, I, like you say, people can have reasons for right. saying we don't want to look at them. They don't want them across the street from us. There's nothing. There's no free energy, right? We have to do something to make a change. Well, I'm, I'm not taking any of this to the bank, but it's something we need to talk about and think about. And that's the message here. So, um, uh, uh, guys, um, I, I think, uh, how are we doing for time? Kevin, we're good. Okay, we're good. All right. So, um, Jonathan, you had something else you wanted to ask about. Did you? Did we answer your questions? Well, no. I just wanted to add on to it. Uh, even here in Westchester County, up in Thornwood, there's a cemetery wanting to put solar panels on, and everybody in the area is against it for various reasons. So it's even closer to home for us. And, and it's and it's an aesthetic 
criticism. Am I correct? Uh, it's anthetic. They're saying that they have to cut down trees, so it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's they're not gaining anything because they're cutting down trees to put the you know it's it's basically every NIMBY argument you can think of. Well, you know, it's funny we're, we're into this news uh, area now, and uh, last weekend we had uh, Bill Tal and uh, the Reverend Billy on live, and he was telling us about the fight for um, Lindsay Park over mm-hmm. Lindsay Park in the Lower East Side, uh, where two different groups had two different solutions for uh, climate change uh, uh, river rise. One was very expensive and was going to wreck the park, and the other one, um, uh, the guys who lost, wanted to save the park and build a berm. And, and But the interesting thing to me was that neither one of them were saying it wasn't true, which is which is the, the, the lie and uh, that we've, we'd heard for decades, people saying uh, climate change is all a hoax. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. So at least... At least Nobody's here's, saying. Here's the, here's the thing, Blue, and, yeah. and others. I, I think what, where we are right now is that unless we have a plan, a Marshall plan, mm-hmm. a coherent, analytically sound plan for how to get from here to there, we're not getting there in real time. And all of the organizations, and there are myriads of organizations in the state, we just passed, for instance, a constitutional amendment in New York, which you haven't talked about, which is interesting. And what does a constitutional amendment do? It gives everyone the right to clean air and water in New York. Mm-hmm. No enforcement mechanism. It's just a constitution, new constitutional right we have. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Well, um... The point is, how are we getting from here to there? That's it. And, and, and we do not have a coherent leadership in our state which says this is what we're doing. You know, two years ago, two and a half years ago, Governor Cuomo started a commission. Robert Howarth, the world-famous scientist, yeah. one, of the pioneer, one of the pioneers of thinking about methane and the mm-hmm. terrible effects of methane, Bob is on that commission. Now, I had some conversations with him recently about the commission. They barely meet. Mm-hmm. They um, barely do their work. They have not issued a report. They're supposed to have issued a report a year ago, but because of COVID and whatever else, they don't issue their report. Everything is stalemated at a time when this issue is more and more urgent. So what's needed, all of our state legislators, they need to sit down, they need to study the issue, they need to come up with a clear plan that will then be implemented. And if they don't do that, I agree with Greta, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You, you, but doesn't that sense of urgency from politicians comes from the public, Michael? You know that. I mean, I mean, this is an issue that's a big issue. It means people have to change their lifestyle. You're asking them to do things differently. And doesn't the public have to demand this in a greater way of our elected officials? Well, you've been one of the people in our region, George, who for 25 and 30 years has been doing exactly that in your community, right? Yes. And what are you getting? You're getting, you're censored from town board meetings. Yeah. Your articles in the newspaper get in for 10 minutes, and then apparently they disappear. Yes. I mean, so, it, yeah, I agree. There has to be grassroots movements. But my point is this. The leaders who are now speaking about the issue and do sense its importance, what they lack is a coherence of actual plan. They need to come up with a plan. They need to say, this is what we're doing. And then it needs to be implemented in each community. We're at that point now. I mean, the grassroots have spoken over and over again. The polling data on this issue is overwhelming. Political leaders are non-responsive. Okay, I'm going to push you a little bit more on that. What, what is the kind of a plan would look like? In other words, you're talking about a plan for changing energy? A plan would look this to way. different places? Um, exactly what it would look like. It's the Padavan plan. It's the same exact no- notion. 
We need to get so much energy out of areas, so much energy to be sustainable. What sustainable energy are we creating in, in this county? What, what sustainable sources do we have? How do we develop that? Where do we put the wind? Where do we put the solar? What hydro is here? The plan has to be a county-specific plan, obviously statewide, that gets us from here to there. Yeah. And we're not doing that. All right, let's keep, um, let's keep, uh, I don't know, what are we, ringing the bell, uh, sounding the sounding horn? Sounding the alarm. Sounding the alarm. Uh, I, uh, Michael, I deeply appreciate your, uh, your taking time from your busy schedule to, to, to be on with us. And uh, I, I, I'll have you back anytime. And, and uh, let's, you know, and, and if, you, if you're, you know, driving around or, or at home, call in anytime. Anytime. Right, thanks, Boo. Good luck with Great your show. Thank you. Oh, Bye-bye. Okay. Good to talk to you as well. Kevin, thank you. Take care. Now, now uh, we're going to leave you here before we go to the break. Um, yeah, I was going to I was going to do a Beach Boys thing. Uh, don't go near the water from, uh, but well, I, but you know, Michael Michael brought my my head down a little bit. I'm a little little bummed out by the the that we're out of time. We're not running. We're not running short. So uh, we're going to go instead to uh, a recent album by Gary Newman. Now you remember him? He was the guy that did that that song in Cars back what 1970 or something. It was you know, and he's still around. And he just did a wonderful uh, album called uh, Savage uh, Songs from a. Uh, Damage, broken world songs from a broken world, and um, uh, there I heard him talk about it. It's about um, he put himself in the place of the earth, speaking to us and explaining what's about to happen, and it's a uh, pretty pretty uh, unpleasant. All right, but but fun to listen to. All right, this is Gary Newman when the world comes apart, and then we'll see you in a minute. <laughs> Traffic, weather, and music you remember on AM 1700 WRCR and WRCR.com. For Saturday, mostly sunny and cold with a high near 17 degrees, uh, wind chill values between minus 10 and zero.
For Saturday night, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming clear with a low around 4 degrees. Wind chill values between minus 5 and 0. For Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 28. Wind chill values between 5 and 15 degrees. For Sunday night, snow before 2 a.m., then rain, snow, and sleet between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. with rain after 3 a.m. The temperature rising to around 38 by 5 a.m. It'll be breezy with winds increasing to 15 to 20 miles per hour after midnight. Winds could gust as high as 41 miles per hour. New snow accumulation of 2 to 4 inches are possible. For MLK Day, rain likely mainly before 1 p.m., otherwise cloudy with the temperature falling to around 35 by 5 p.m. And for Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 32 degrees. That's the weather forecast. For WRCR, I'm Kevin Thomas. Up-to-the-minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night, when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And it's currently 17 degrees. Welcome back. It's about, what, eight minutes before the hour. Uh, I'm Lou Young, WRCR. Uh, this is uh, Tough Times with Lou Young. And uh, as always, I'm here with Kevin Thomas. Yes. And Kevin uh, has a show during the week called The Good. And I said, The Good. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and he, he he talks about nice things that happen. And, you know, I'm, I've been accused of being such a dark person sometimes that I uh, <laughs> like that last Gary Newman song. I mean, I really like that, but it's like, you know. You're all going to die and whatever. So um, uh, and Kevin collects the good. Kevin brings my head around. I like, I like to expose Kevin's um, bright spirit to the, to the darkness of our subject area. And so, Kevin Thomas, tell us what's good. All right. I'll start with the story out of Colorado. Uh, so there's a young boy by the name of Fallon. And he would uh, travel an hour to visit J.B. Hart Music Company in Grand Junction. Oh, Colorado. I know that. Yeah, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. And uh, each time he would go in, he would request to play the Pantera guitar, which was a Dean Dimebag Daryl ML guitar. And uh, he, he knew some of uh, Dimebag Daryl's uh, riffs. And uh, he would go in and he would play it. Now, Fallon has Williams syndrome, which is a developmental disorder mm -hmm. that uh, uh, affects many different parts of the body. Uh, now, he has a love for music, and his dream was to own this guitar. Well, recently, uh, a customer went into the store and saw Fallon playing the guitar, and he purchased it. Wow. And, and, and now, now that, that's, that's a pricey purchase, right? That's a pricey purchase. Uh, now, now it, it took a while before Fallon came back to the store. He, he tried to do the guy tried to do it anon anonymously. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Fallon comes back to the store and uh, goes to play the guitar and is told it's his. Wow. And uh, I, I just thought that was. Wait, uh, well, yeah, I know why the guy wanted to be anonymous. Yeah. Because everybody would be calling him up asking him for a guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I want a Gibson. I want a Les Paul, you know. And uh, 
I got one more for you okay, that I'll well, share. I think we got time for one more. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, so a family in Maryland recently, uh, uh, Laura Degnon, uh, her son, Jake, lost his wallet. And he didn't realize it until he got home, so he mm-hmm. wasn't sure where he lost it. Well, uh, it, it snowed oh. uh, a couple inches <laughs> overnight. Which, of course, made it difficult for looking for the wallet if you knew where to look. Well, uh, he went off to school, and that night, uh, she gets a a knock at the door, and it's this guy, Juan. And he says, does Jake live here? And she starts to cry. And uh, she says, did you find his wallet? And sure enough... Juan happened to go to the store to get a snack mm-hmm. and saw the wallet on the ground. Oh. And uh, so he brought it to the house, didn't touch anything in it, and, uh, yeah, Jake has everything oh, well, that's, back. that's great, Kevin, but I'm going to ask this. Is that really a news story? Or a, I mean, that happens to people. It it. it <laughs> It happens, but it's good to be reminded that it happens. Because I know because it happened to me twice. Because <laughs> I lose everything. <laughs> I have this thing that my, my family got me called the tile. You know about that? No. It's a, th- it's a thing that, let me, I can't even. Uh, oh, I've probably broken it. Uh, in any event, it's a thing that, uh, that goes in your wallet. And it helps you find your cell phone. It makes the cell phone ring. Uh, uh, but if you've lost your wallet, the cell phone will make the wallet ring. Uh, right, interesting. Anyway, it's got a, uh, never mind. Uh, anyway, thank you. Thank you for trying to bring our head up a little bit because, you know, I mean, I'm so gloomy. I'm a gloomy guy. Uh, so we were talking about music, about how artists see uh, music. And um, uh, I want to I bring you to uh, a, a Billy Joel song. This is, uh, this is an environmental song. It really is because it's about... Um, uh, where I grew up on Long Island, where uh, you, you you saw the people who lived in a certain type of ecology and, and, and lifestyle, and then it changed, and you could see them. You could see them struggling. Uh, but when we you know we were suburbanites, and and the the old uh, Islanders were having a, a tough time. Uh, this is a uh, Billy Joel off Stormfront, the Downeaster Alexa. Oh, my God. 
1700 WRCR Haverstraw. Weather. For Saturday, mostly sunny and cold with a high near 17 degrees. Uh, wind chill values between minus 10 and 0. For Saturday night, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming clear with a low around 4 degrees. Wind chill values between minus 5 and 0. For Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 28. Wind chill values between 5 and 15 degrees. For Sunday night, snow before 2 a.m., then rain, snow, and sleet between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. with rain after 3 a.m. The temperature rising to around 38 by 5 a.m. It'll be breezy with winds increasing to 15 to 20 miles per hour after midnight. Winds could gust as high as 41 miles per hour. New snow accumulation of 2 to 4 inches are possible. For MLK Day, rain likely mainly before 1 p.m., otherwise cloudy with the temperature falling to around 35 by 5 p.m. And for Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 32 degrees. That's the weather forecast for WRCR. I'm Kevin Thomas. Up-to-the-minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night, when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And it's currently 17 degrees. Welcome back to Tough Times with Lou Young, WRCR. A little bit after the top of the hour. On a cold day, it is cold out there. It is really, really chilly. Um, they said it's the coldest it's been since February of 2019. Uh, but that's okay because that's why they call it winter. All right? <laughs> I'm here with uh, Kevin Thomas and George Patonovic. And uh, we're, about to, um, we're about to go to church. And uh, this is not uh, <laughs> any kind of church that you've... Uh, You've ever been to? Oh, well, maybe it is. I don't know, but but uh, it, it's it, it's fascinating. I find it mesmerizing. Um, this is um, uh, Reverend Billy, Reverend Bill Talon, and the uh, Church of Stop Shopping out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, uh, they've got the uh, 
the Stop Shopping Choir. They've got the uh, what it's a group called the Fire Eagles of Justice, the jazz combo, and um, and uh, Bill's got a good voice too. And uh, these uh, musicians are uh, they're Broadway quality musicians. They're they're just terrific people, and uh, they've been. Um, well, I used to say they, they've been obsessed with the environment, but now I, I, I say they're properly focused because things are coming into focus a lot more rapidly than I had ever thought would happen. And uh, so, um, you know, he's preaching the gospel of we got to do something yesterday. And, um, and this, this show that's coming up was recorded a, a few weeks ago. It's called uh, It's Gaia Time, It's Extinction Time. And it's, it runs about a half hour. But um, the idea uh, of Gaia, you, you know what I'm talking about, George, right? No, I don't know. Gaia, you ever heard of Gaia, the whole Gaia thing? I have not. Oh, well, the idea and, and, and that the planet itself is a living organism and uh, that, that can do things, you know, to, you know, manage itself and things. And that, that when we talk about save the planet... We're not talking about saving the planet because the planet's fine. We're talking about saving ourselves. <laughs> so the planet, you know, was fine before we got here, and will be just peachy when we're when we're gone. So um, uh, I used to think this was a little nutty, but um, uh, you know, now it seems. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's it's interesting way to look at it. So uh, and let's take a listen to. Uh, Reverend Billy. Hello, Reverend Billy here. Come on in. It's time for Earth Riot Radio. Today we're going to get some perspective. All right? How do you get perspective? You see things from a couple different angles. We have two eyes in our head. It gives us the ability to see dimensions, to see distance, to see things in the foreground, to separate things out. Are you with me? Now, let's have two perspectives. Let's see things from two different angles. One is Gaia, the Earth. You've heard me talk about this many times. The Earth is a conscious living being with intelligence, feelings. It sees. perspective is human-centered, extinction. I'm afraid of being extinguished. Life will only go on for a while and then death will come and what then? <laughs> we don't know what then, do we? Now, the average person spends about 99 point something of his or her life in the perspective of extinction. We're afraid. Let's bring the Gaia up and balance it out with the extinction. See things from two angles. Are you with me? Now, we pick up the newspaper and we read about the COVID. There's a lot of fear there. But what if COVID is kind of uh, from the Earth and it's the Earth's way of reaching out to us and communicating? That's a possibility. With this new perspective I've got, it occurred to me that maybe we can communicate with the Earth talk and listen with the earth that's what is coming up next here we've produced a little uh, kind of back and forth between 
an animal that represents the earth and a musician that represents us, you and me. Are you ready? Here we go. Somebody give me an earth hallelujah. When we're very sad, we just turn to the stock shopping choir and ask them a question. All right. Save us. Hello, I'm Francisca, and I've been in the choir a little bit more than a year. And what section do you sing in? I'm in the alto section. What's your favorite place on earth? My favorite place on earth is the Queen's Orchard in Pichingal. Uh, this is in Chile. And I hope really one day you can come with me because it's so beautiful. There's a little creek that is born right there, like 100 feet up. And so this creek comes out there and these trees have been growing there since, I don't know, like 25 years. And it's very moist and the, the, the trees are low and it's very humid and it's like a microclimate there. And what do you do when you're there? <laughs> you can do all kinds of things there. <laughs> you can eat the queens. You can just listen to the water. You can make up with your loved ones. What's your favorite song uh, that we sing in the choir? Do you have one? I love the human blues.
in this Plan B in my community, and I'm going to show you how a people start to liberate themselves. I think I got one slide on this one, too. Oh, this is the beginning of the liberation. My sister is here. She appreciates this story. So in my life, I have great privilege. I have the great privilege of talking to you tonight. I have the privilege of living in my own reservation, in my community, on a lake that my great-great-great-great ancestors riced for wild rice, fished for fish, danced in the same arbors and in the same ceremonies on the same land Omaha King here, yeah? That's a great privilege. I know that I am fortunate. I know that. And then I have this privilege that I travel around, I try to keep my carbon footprint kind of low. I'm working on that one. But this here is some people I work with. We fight off bad guys. My son, he is 10. One day he's at his school and he says, uh, he says his teacher says, what's your mom do? She, he says she saves the rice and helps the wind and fights the bad guys. That's a nice thing, huh? <laughs> anyway, this is fighting bad guys. Fought these coal plants. Big Stone 2. How many of you are from Minnesota? Big Stone 2 was a really bad idea, and we defeated it. <laughs> Big Stone 2, we defeated. We're, we're working on Desert Rock. Now, down in the southwest of the Navajo Nation. That was one of the other slides. But sometimes, no, you could go back 
Well, I, the other one was me, I guess. But a lot of times in our communities, you know, we are people who you wouldn't bet on. You know what I mean? We're technically considered quite oppressed. Nothing has gone well for us. Colonialism, can we use the word sucks? Yeah. Let's just be honest. But in that, you know, what you find is people would not bet on us. But we fight these guys because what happens sometimes is you get your head. You know, I asked one of my, my sisters this. I said, why was it that you left that man who hit you? Why was it you left that man who hit you? And she said, because I was putting my Indian coat hangers up. That was some nails in the wall. And she said, and when I put those coat hangers up, I put them really high so that when he slammed my head against the wall, I didn't hit them. That is the story a lot of women face, of being battered and thinking how you can do the least damage, yeah? That is like my community. Sometimes you're sitting there and you're waiting and you, you are a landed people. Two-thirds of the uranium, one-third of all Western Loso for coal, the water resources, largest dam projects, the people who live in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And you see one bad project after another come towards your community. And some of them get in and then at a certain point, when they hit your head against the wall for the 10th time, you say, that's enough. I'm going to fight you. And I'm going to make you back down. And that is the communities that I have the privilege of working with. People who say no. And a lot of people would not bet on us. But you know what? You don't hang out for 500 years in the largest industrial empire in the world and not be kind of tough. And so we battled. So I was looking at these Sierra Club statistics. They kept a tally of proposed coal plants in their fate since 2000. 101 plants have been defeated. That's very good, and you all were part of that. Another 59 face opposition in the courts. Of the 229 plants being tracked, only 23 currently have a chance of getting through. That is the power of people fighting back. Do not relinquish your power. Do not give up. Our mother counts on you to fight back. Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Today we report on a number of species discovered around the world this year. Science has only just begun to find and describe all of the species on Earth. By some estimates, only 20% have been classified. 
Science often describes these species as new, but they are only new to science, and most have been identified and described by local and indigenous communities for many generations. Many of these life forms enter scientific classification as threatened or endangered. And a special thanks to mangabe.com for their reporting on newly discovered species this year. A new orchid with white blossoms and a tall stem was found in the Guiana Highlands in Venezuela. The species is believed to live within an area of less than 20,000 square kilometers and meets the criteria to be considered vulnerable to extinction under the IUCN Red List. Members of the Pimon Arecuna indigenous community of Pariuma named the species in their native language, Epidendrum Kataran Yariku. A lethal snake was named after a mythical Chinese goddess of healing. After careful examination of the features and DNA of a snake found in rice fields and streams in monsoon forests in China and northern Myanmar, scientists in China determined that the Suzen's crate was a new species. The researchers chose to name the snake after Bai Suzen, a snake goddess from a popular traditional Chinese myth, the legend of white snake, in honor of her courage to true love and kindness to people. After analyzing the DNA of a group of polka-dotted North American skunks, a cousin of the better-known striped skunk, researchers determined that rather than four skunk species previously recognized, there are actually seven. Spotted skunks are sometimes called the acrobats of the skunk world due to their impressive handstands that give predators a warning that a noxious spray is coming. Although North American mammals are among the most studied animals in the world, scientists are still finding new species and learning things about their basic ecology. A new chameleon species named for the Wolfgang Buma's Ethiopian chameleon was found living in bushes and small trees in the Bale Mountains of south-central Ethiopia. The chameleon is around 15 centimeters or 6 inches long and has a distinctive crest of large spiny scales along its back and tail. The researchers suggest that the Ethiopian chameleon can be considered a species complex, a group with an unknown number of species rather than a single species, and they expect more species to be described from the group. Many of Ethiopia's endemic animals are found in the Bale Mountains, including the Ethiopian wolf, leopards, warthogs, and many other endemic reptiles. Researchers say the biodiversity hotspot likely harbors many undiscovered species. In a lowland forest on the southwest coast of Java, Indonesia's most populous island, a group of students participating in the Indonesian Herpetological Society's Citizen Science Program found five frogs sitting by a pond. It turned out they were a new-to-science species, a very small, one-inch tree frog that can appear light yellow or light brown depending on the lighting. The frog's tick-tick-tick-tick-tick-tick call is distinctive from any other known species. Kiraxalus penticelaton is likely critically endangered. While there are more than 400 known frog species in Indonesia, only one is on the country's list of protected species. And researchers say more attention to frogs is needed. During the COVID-19 lockdowns in India, a master's student began taking pictures of the animals around his house near the foothills of the Himalayas. A photo of a snake he posted on Instagram caught the eye of a herpetologist. 
After further investigations, they determined it was an unknown species belonging to a group commonly called kukri snakes, named for their teeth that are curved like a kukri or Nepali dagger. The Western Himalayas are comparatively less explored than many other regions, and researchers think there are more species to be found. Thank you for listening, taking pleasure today, the great diversity of life, known and unknown on this beautiful, beautiful earth. As of this writing, we can't say for sure if the new virus is killing us. What are the new virus's intentions? Are you friend or are you foe? The Earth is putting the virus into our bodies. She's doing that. We do know that. She's redesigning each kind of virus that comes off of her assembly line. And this latest one has its special qualities. It gets its way into our bodies somehow. People in the Stop Shopping Choir, we're all getting COVID. It's spreading very easily. It's what they call transmissible. But then when we get it, sometimes it's not so bad. Kind of mild. That's the word I hear. I keep hearing mild, like a minor flu. Or are we just being hopeful? Because we're completely powerless. We know we can't do anything about it. In fact, this powerlessness of ours has a kind of humility that human beings don't often have towards nature. Maybe that idea that we control nature is going out the window. Our way of life was always that we are the chosen people and we're here to convert nature into wealth. And we're going to convert foreigners into our slaves. And we're going to slay the wilderness. But now the earth is converting us into what? Life. Realistic life. Life that has death in it, which it always had. But we have been in denial for a few centuries, haven't we? Yes. Gaia is converting us into life that has death in it. And you can sum that up in the word extinction. Gaia's extinction. Gaia is giving us a way to live. Do we accept that deal? I think we'd better. But that kind of living has death in it. Somebody give me an earth hallelujah. Someone far away gets our demise.
start to believe beyond you? When did the product die on the shelf? I think you lost us when you said there is nothing to love but fear itself. There is nothing to love but fear itself. You said life on earth is a network of terror and shopping keeps the demons in the zoo. Well, it's not that we're young or we're black or we're labor until you change where the devil to you. Until you change where the devil to you. I believe in making more than money, and we all know what it is. Beyond big debt, there's a super value. A Walmart crushed by a great green storm. A new town rising from the logos to be born. I believe beyond the US of A, we know what it is. The Prez is embedded like a method actor. Is he on the set? Has the star got his gun? It's a buddy film with God. You better run. I believe in praying beyond crusades. And we all know what it is. Eternal life, it's not flying all night. No B-2 bomber, no high-tech attack. A child on the ground is praying that God when back. To beyond you? When did the product, did the product die on the shelf? On the shelf? I, think I think you lost you us. What did you say? There's nothing to love but fear itself. We have nothing to love. You said life is a network of terror. And shopping keeps the demons in the zoo. It's not that we're young or black or labor. Until you change. Until you change the devil to you. Until you change with the devil to you. Until you change with the devil to you. Until you change. And Reverend Billy, now time to say goodbye. Jason Candler, want to thank you for riffing with your saxophone. Riffing with the life on this earth. Brendan Burke on the drums. Winona LaDuke, your call to action reminds us, line three, we, we want to just prayer walk again with all of you as you defend the Anishinaabe and Lakota and Ojibwe land, the life of northern Minnesota against the Enbridge Corporation and the corrupt police people. They know not what they do. Savitri D, calling to the attention, the life that we haven't found yet, kind of a colonizing attitude that life comes into being when the European Americans <laughs> discover, uh, well, you, you are living now. May we discover one another and have a conversation and work together.
You're listening to WRCR. Tough times with Lou Young. I'm Lou Young, and uh, you've just been to church. <laughs> the church has stopped shopping with uh, Reverend Billy. Bill Talon out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, he's been at this a while, and uh, they started doing these half-hour podcasts uh, when the pandemic hit. And uh, they're, they're up to 80 of them now. Um, and, uh, you know, we uh, I enjoy them. Um, I, you know, I don't agree with everything in there, um, and I don't think anybody uh, needs to, but we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. And, I, and George Potonovic is here with me, and, uh, and Kevin Thomas as well. And uh, we, we, I wonder what you guys think about this idea that, you know, he, and I've heard this before. It's not, not a new thing. I didn't invent it, but this whole Gaia thing that the planet itself is uh, some kind of a conscious organism or, a, or at least a a coherent organism that all interacts. I mean, uh, how does that strike you? Well, you could think, you know, when people were forced to stay home in 2020, uh, we saw some significant changes in the environment. I mean, we saw, you know, the air clearer, you know, people weren't traveling. I mean, the, the earth has its own uh, cycle, you know, that, we're, that we live with and, and, and interrupt in different ways because we live here. But to see the kind of changes that happen by us not participating in everyday life uh, shows that the earth has its own cycle its own life on its own i think that's a something we hadn't really seen before yeah unusual situation to have nobody going out anywhere for a period of 10 months or so and it was you know i have to confess i enjoyed it for a while but but it got it it got all uh kevin um how did had that whole half hour sit with you well i think there are definitely uh i think it definitely needs to be uh listened to i think uh the the reality of it is uh, the earth has been around a lot longer than we have <laughs> so uh i think at some point uh the earth will uh, reclaim <laughs> what we've done 
Well, I, I heard there was something I saw online, and, and, and I'm doing it from memory, and my memory's not perfect. It's not even that great. Um, and the guy said that if uh, the time uh, that the Earth has been here is 24 hours, uh, what, we've been here a couple of seconds or yeah. something like that? Yeah. So uh, so it seems like a long time to us. That's why these, these uh, tiny temperature changes over the course of decades may not seem like a big deal. Right. To us in our lifespan, but it is a huge, rapid change uh, when you talk about the uh, the uh, ecology of the Earth. Yeah, and you were talking about species like the frogs. They were talking about you know and indicators of of uh, uh, of things that are happening in the environment. Uh, they're sensitive to the environment. I mean, the oceans. Even like you say, a very small amount of degree of change in temperature in the ocean changes the food pattern for the fish. We were talking before about the. The fishing on Long Island, the Billy Joel song about the fishermen not seeing as much fish. Down I Easter mean, Alexa, These yeah. things happen uh, progressively. We, we may not notice them because we're not particularly involved in fishing, but when we don't get fish in the store, we say, where is it? Uh, you know, the, or the food. We were just talking the news this morning. I listened to the news talking about the climate affecting our food sources and the production, you know. So uh, this is affecting us in many different ways, and I think that's the whole point of this guy, I think, is that we got to look at the whole picture. We're part of it, and we have a big effect on it. And, uh, you know, what can we do to make it uh, better? The line, of, the line I remember, um, uh, my f- I was a bay man like my father was before. You can't make a living as a bay man anymore because the, well, the fish they used to take out are gone. Well, I guess clams right. probably would right. be clamming if it's Long Island. Or whether it's runoff from development on shore or whether it's temperature change from the water that changes the food sources, we have to realize we're part of that ecosystem. I'm, I think peop- human beings yeah. tend to think of ourselves as separate from the environment. Yeah, look what's happening to the to the to the environment. I, it's like somebody mentioned to me, Kevin, and I love this. The guy says, you know, you, you talk to somebody and they say, "I'm stuck in traffic," and you know, and what you got to understand is you are the traffic. <laughs> you are the traffic, and I know you know we all you know we're, we're all individuals and all this. But if you if you're in a he goes well, you know you shouldn't have I don't know you know, you got to take a little responsibility. You are the traffic. So um, and it's hard it's hard to uh, to uh, get people to focus on that. And um, so anyway, eight four five four two nine seventeen hundred. We're we're AM seventeen hundred on the dial WRCR here. Uh, in Rockland County, and uh, you know, uh, there, there is uh, one thing I want to ask you: if you're listening to us uh, outside of Rockland County, uh, we would love to hear uh, from you because this signal at 10,000 watts uh, goes out. But you know, I don't, is anybody really sure how far it goes? I don't know. I heard, uh, you know, I listened to it all the way up. Um, uh, I came in from the city today, even though I, I live uh, on the other side of Westchester County, and right. um, and I. I, I Got, as soon as I, I started listening when I got into Riverdale in the Bronx, and it was, you know, all the way through, you know, so all the way up there. So I guess, and then we had John call from uh, White Plains right. earlier. So we know that's uh, that happens. So if you're, uh, and then Michael is up in Sullivan County, I think. Uh, Orange County. No, 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 Orange County. He's in Orange Chester, County. Right. Okay. Chester. And um, so, you know, uh, give us a call. Just tell us, hey, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm here, and I hear you loud and clear, and, uh, you know. Of course, you can listen on WRCR.com. You can, too. <laughs> and, you, and you can say, keep up the good work, or, or shut up and play some music, all right? Or you can tell your smart speaker to do something really smart and play us. There you go. There you go. So um, I, w- 
uh, maybe we should play a little music. What do you think? I mean, uh, we had a song queued up uh, uh, that I was going to, I wanted to play today. And uh, we played the Billy Joel song you talk about, which was a, a historic place in time, like, like, um, from now or just last decade or a couple of decades ago uh the down easter alexa and then uh and peter gabriel has one that's that's uh once again it's a little dark <laughs> and it's about uh a uh, a future in which um you know some bad stuff has happened and uh and uh, it seems like some of it clearly uh seems familiar from the uh environmental cataclysm uh, we're dealing with. Uh, this is uh, from his uh, album So Red Rain.
coming down all over me I'm begging you Red rain coming down Red rain coming down Red rain coming down Red rain coming down Peter Gabriel, Red Rain, falling down. The ground is hot. The trees are gone. What a picture. You got to wonder what happened. What is happening? You're listening to Tough Times with Lou Young, and uh, we're all about climate change and just acknowledging what we see in front of our eyes about this and, um, you know, starting to think about it, even if it might be uh, too late in some respects, I guess. Mm. Uh, we're working on it. God, did I bring everybody down? I'm, I'm you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, these things have to be spoken about. Okay, there we go. So that's that. That's that. And and uh, you know, so we're uh, we're saying anyway. It's nice and it's winter. It's nice and cold. So that's normal. And uh, we can we can be uh, happy about that. Uh, anybody going skiing? Doing anything like that? No, you're not a skier. Not no, a skier, no. not a uh, skier. All right. What do you think uh, Peter Gabriel's singing about there? Well, uh, I guess the changes that are happening. I don't know. The rain, you know, they're talking about his song. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I think about it. <laughs> what would make re- rain red? I don't know. What yeah. would that? Would it be what? I don't know. What would it be sulfur or some kind of? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it could be chemicals in the air, but uh, certainly the amount of rain. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and getting in the wrong places. This idea that that the CO two that we emit holds in the heat. And that warms up the water, and that, that actual water retains more in the clouds, and that the climate change, due to the temperature changes, moves those, moves that weather around in places where we don't usually see it. This is what we're seeing. You know, exactly. It's an unnatural change to the way the regu- regular weather patterns are based on the temperature changes, yeah. and the temperature of the air affects the weather. So these things are all connected. You know? Yeah, you and, know, we, and, we, and you're getting too much rain in places, and of course, out in Colorado, you're not getting any rain. And, of course, you get dry conditions, and then you get fires. So one thing is related to the other. You know, it's a bigger problem than many of us can put our minds around almost, that it's everything's affected. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny. We used to look at the, um, the storms, the tropical storms. Yeah. We'd watch them hit the Gulf Coast and hear the reports and, you know, and, oh, gosh, that's terrible for them. And, and did they evacuate and the winds and storm surge and the rain and all that. And then the systems would come north, and we'd get a lot of rain. And, but it's just a lot of rain, right? And then, um, then a lot of rain. I mean, like an extraordinary amount of rain. And it happened a couple of times in the last 10 years. But then it happened uh, after Henri. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we, uh, we, we kind of dodged a bullet there. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and, uh, but there was minor flooding. And it was like, okay, there was some flooding. There was a lot of rain. And three weeks later... Eight and a half inches in a few hours yes. uh, down where I, I, I mean, yeah. you can't, no place can handle that kind yeah. of rain. And, and they're not getting the temperatures that even out west with the snowpack. They're not getting that traditional snowpack that melts slowly and puts water back in the ground. It turns into rain because of the warmer temperatures, and that's when you get the flooding. So 
things that would normally happen where cold, you know, snow would be packed and melt slowly in the spring to refresh the groundwater doesn't happen. So many of these things are connected in the local impact. Like you're talking about, we were talking about what's happening in Westchester with the impact of those storms in Mamaroneck and the, and the local streams. Uh, this is a local issue for us. It's not something somewhere else. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's happening right here oh, it, it, where we live. You know? And, uh, and uh, if we did it all yesterday, we would still have more to do. That's yeah. the interesting part of it. So, um, I, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in what you th- guys think. Eight four five, four two nine seventeen hundred. That's the number. You know what? That's so simple. Why can't I remember that, Kevin? Uh, I mean, hmm? oh, it's right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you're you're just starting out here, so you know. <laughs> Give it a little while and you'll have nightmares about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, and the, uh, I, I, I see another item here. Um, it talks about um, uh, a real 10-year challenge. You know about these 10-year challenges? You mm-hmm. see them where, where uh, a picture of one thing and then the same thing 10 years later. Oh. And it's usually a person that's uh, gotten older. Oh, no. <laughs> well, there, there, there's a picture of, uh, of Greenland. Um, uh, covered with ice, and then uh, Greenland looking like a, a collection of uh, tropical islands, you mean? know, uh, and and they're saying that's a ten year challenge. So uh, you know, uh, and that that could be terrible. I don't want to bring everybody down. We we we're 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 not we're not all going to die at the same time. But uh, it's about our children, and our grandchildren. Who we got on the line there, Kevin? We have Sally on the line. Oh, Sally, how are you, dear? Oh, is that, is that condescending? I'm sorry. Uh, how are you? I'm fine, dear. <laughs> well, I, I'm offended. You know, everybody's pre-offended these days. I have to be careful. So I'm calling HR. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> Where are you calling from, Sally? Uh, I'm calling from Rockland County. I'm here. Um, Where, I, I, now, wait. It's a big county. Get, you know, narrow it down for me. I'm in Muncie. Muncie. Muncie spelled like Monsi. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. All right. And uh, and what's on your mind? Well, I was listening uh, earlier about about upstate and jobs and 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 our, our energy supply. Such a small percentage of it is renewable. Mm-hmm. And um, in my mind, I don't get upstate very often, but in my mind, upstate New York is full of wind turbines. And I was thinking that, you know, if, if, the, if the best jobs you can get are in are prison guards in some of these communities and counties upstate, I, I would think that the labor unions would welcome uh, building a new infrastructure for energy. Well, for, okay, uh, first of all, Sal, I want to call you, the, they're, we call them correction officers. <laughs> all right. Uh, and, uh, but, but that's, no, I get I, 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 they, they, It's a profession. They're, they're law enforcement, they're professionals and all that. But yes, we, the, the prison industrial complex, as Michael referred to it, um, does, uh, does that. And then, and then, you know, sadly, when the prison population drops, um, some of these places could be impacted. So you don't want to think that there's an economic impetus for locking people up, which, which is, is the uh, implication of, of the prison industrial complex. But we don't want to get into that because that's not really what we're talking about. But uh, upstate, the, um, the, uh, the, the uh, wind farms is what you're saying. You're saying they should be happy about that, right? Well, I, I think that one of the ways to organize around supporting building more wind farms and more solar farms 
would be to engage with the with labor unions who who would love the work to to construct these things. Sure, I mean, I mean I, they, yeah, go ahead. Would, they would be our, our your allies in and and there's a, with the infrastructure bill, how much money is coming in? People can be trained and 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 repurposed, you know, from from obsolete jobs that are gone. Yeah, well, well, I think that was one of the points of President Biden's uh, infrastructure bill was to invest in renewable energy, that it would create jobs, not only help our environment, but move us more in that direction like they're doing in Europe. I mean, they're doing sure. more in that direction. So I think we have to think that way of, of how it can be economically beneficial as well as benefit the environment. Now, now I, I had some visual experience with this a few years ago when I, when I first retired from um, daily broadcasting. Um, I, uh, I bought myself <laughs> an old uh, uh, sedan and drove co- cross country because I'd always wanted to do it. And um, when I was going through, um, I'm going to say Minnesota. Would you? With Minnesota, you go right from Minnesota into into North Dakota, right, or or South Dakota? I don't know. I In any event, so. I, w- I would drive and and I and I started to be excited because I saw wind turbines. And then there was they as far as the eye could see on mm-hmm. both sides of the of the, of the highway, mm-hmm. Sally. For hours, I would travel at probably too fast a rate, and um and and see nothing but wind windmills. And then when I pulled off to have um to have a, a dinner or at the nicest restaurant in town, which is usually a Chili's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I was I would meet on this one thing. I meet this guy who's a repairman. That's what he does. He drives around and repairs these things. I said, "Well, how do you know they're uh, they're broken?" He goes, "They they they notify us when something when when, you know, when it's time to service them. That they um they're huge. They're huge." Yeah, yeah. He says, "You when you ever you, you ever notice that some of them are turned turned sideways? You ever notice that, Sally?" Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Rotate, right? uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, they don't face into the wind uh, um uh, unless unless they're powered up. Because the wind will just turn them sideways, so they have to they have to you have, they have to be facing to the wind, and that's what creates the resistance that makes the uh, the, the turbines turn. So when 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 they shut off, they go sideways, and uh, and this guy he spends his day going from sideways turned <laughs> uh, turbines to sideways turn, and 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 it's a whole industry, and 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 the blades when you see them transporting the blades are just enormous, mm-hmm. enormous. Um, and there's also an issue about what you do with them when they're done. When they've outlived their life, um, they sadly right now they're burying them. So mm. that's a that's a big deal. But uh, um, I, I at least they don't set them on fire and put them in the atmosphere, which is the other way we make energy. So they're really, they're really very majestic. They're huge and they're majestic and they're silent and they're. They're just gorgeous. Yeah, I think they are too, Sally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw them upstate New York, and I didn't object to them. Uh, if they were near my home, I wouldn't have objected to them. There are people who do, but uh, they're, they move at a very nice pace, and they're, they're almost relaxing to watch them, really. They, 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 they can make noise. They can make a, they can. a low hum noise if yeah. you live very close to them. And, and I don't, I don't want to minimize. I mean, yeah. you live where you live, and if you don't like looking at them, then, then, then you, you, you can weigh in. But that's the, the, this is the conversation we have to have because if not that, I mean, uh, setting things on fire – it's just a terrible idea. Burning fossil fuels. Well, I, well, everything. I mean, we used to set things on fire when we when we were in caves and our ancestors were in caves. And 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 now all we've done is take the fire, we put it inside a machine that turns the fire into 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 motion and and yeah. uh, and uh, 
and steam. Yeah, and steam and all that. And and we've burned billions of years worth of uh, trapped carbon in a, in a few decades or or hundred years, and um, and then are wondering why it's having an effect. And I know there are other and people will say this: there are other things that could affect the climate, but but we shouldn't make it worse without thinking about it, and we are. And this time, as, as there's an extinction event going on now where things are going extinct, and we can see that happening, animals, that yeah. uh, eventually uh, we're on the menu. So um, uh, uh, certainly the civilization uh, may become quite stressed at some point, because you know in a, in a disaster, when the lights go out, uh, there's only a short amount of time if they don't come back on, that you're going to be a character in a Mad Max movie. No, yeah, it's true. I mean, the, the, the thing, the thing that, that fascinates me is that people feel kind of, they, they don't feel vulnerable to these things. They mm-hmm. feel invincible because we're at the top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. But the, at the top of the food chain, you're the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you t- you, turn the you, lights you have, out, you're not so invincible anymore. You just topple. I mean, we're we're dependent upon all those little things uh, that came before us and that, that hold us up and keep our keep our oxygen flowing. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're very unaware of how fragile we are. And also that, that it becomes somebody else's problem, Sally. It's not our problem because we don't see the weather. Uh, climate change is severe, maybe sometimes other parts of the country, but that's where our food is produced. You know, we realize all these things are interrelated, that they all affect us. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, and now we see a, a bare uh, a shelf and you wonder, what is it? Is it supply chain? Is it, what is it? And, 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 and it can generate some, uh, some uh, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're coming to the end of our, uh, our run here. This has been thank a, a delight. You. Sally thank from Muncie, thank you so much for calling. It's a great program. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Take care now. And, uh, uh, we are, uh, we'll be back here next week. I want you to uh, think about joining us when you can. And, um, you know, these are tough times. Take care. <laughs>